This is India Ari, and this is my podcast, Songversation, where I choose one of my songs and I riff on that song. Simple as that. This is episode 17, Songversation, There's Hope. This songversation is completely different from all the rest. I'm doing it directly into my phone. I just wanted to get it out quickly because it feels urgent for all the reasons that we all know. Back in 2002, my mission statement became to spread love, healing, peace, and joy through the power of words and music. And in this time when we all need love, healing, peace, joy more than we have in a long time, I wanted to offer what it is that I have to offer. And that is my perspective and my words, my music, just in a little bit of a different way, my thoughts, my compassion, this podcast. (laughs) And so I want to say thank you to everybody who's been rocking with the Songversation podcast all this time. Thank you for being here again. And I want to say welcome and thank you to all the new listeners. So let's get into it. And... I maybe don't have to say this to you, but I'm just going to be transparent right now. I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired. My voice is tired. My body is tired. My mind is tired. And I did a lot in 2019 and too much, in fact. And I really burned myself out. And then I told myself I was going to rest in 2020, at least for the first half until the summertime. And then January came around and I got an opportunity to make music video. And I call it an opportunity because I don't always get the funding to do that. And the money was there and I squeezed every single thing I could squeeze out of that money. And so that looked like just going out to the West Coast and doing as much as I could. Because again, the money is not always there like that for me. And I got home February 4th, and I've been putting myself back together since then while working on editing the music videos and addressing my adrenals, sauna sweats, um, getting a lot of rest. There's a difference for me between sleep and rest, getting a lot of rest. And a part of that has been keeping my voice quiet because I was expecting to have shows starting in late April. But now that I'm not, I'm letting my voice go ahead and and stay quiet for a little bit. So that's why everyone who's asking me to go live, the answer is not yet, because I'm just not in that space yet. But at a time like this, I actually really would like to go live. It's just not in alignment yet. Singing is still my life's passion singing. I love writing songs. I love singing the songs I write, but singing itself is still my life's passion. And so I look forward to going live with you soon, but I hope this all ends before I can even do that. (laughs) Not even gonna lie. I hope this all ends before I can even do that. Um, so I'm here with my podcast because I have things on my heart that I want to say. That's why I do a podcast. Like I said in this intro, this is episode 18. And so I'm slow moving by nature. And so I've done 18 episodes since the summer of 2018. 
And this one is just a little bit different because times are way different. So I'm here and this is Songversation There's Hope. And before we listen to the song, I want to talk about the word hope and what it means when I'm singing it. I was going to say in this next segment, but since I'm doing this a whole different way today, just quickly into my device, um, I guess there won't be any segments this time. I'm going to just keep going, but I do have the urge to go (laughs) do, 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 do. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So the dictionary says that hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Like, um, I have hopes that I can be a billionaire. (laughs) Uh, The second definition is a person or thing that may help save someone. She is the hope of this family. Like that. And the third definition is grounds for believing that something good may happen. I have hopes for the future. Like that. And I, I love all of those definitions, actually. But for me, hope is a positive emotion that exists in the face of imperfect circumstances. I've never said that like that. (laughs) That's why in the song I say, there's hope. It doesn't cost a thing to smile. You don't have to pay to laugh. You better thank God for that. Because it's a positive emotional quality that exists in the face of imperfect circumstances. I'm glad I'm doing this little podcast because I never said that like that, but that is what hope is for me. And we all need a dose of that right now because these are very, very imperfect circumstances. And um, in this song, There's Hope, I sing about that, what it means to have joy in the face of imperfect circumstances. And I sing about the joy and the pain and the the having and the not having because what we learn about life is that the joy and the sorrow and the pain and the love all exist at once because that's that's life and in certain moments it's much more important that we figure out how to align with the high energy because it's good for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being. And this is one of those times. And so, but I say all that in the song. So let's just listen to the song. This is There's Hope from my 2006 release, Testimony, Volume 1, Life and Relationship. Back when I had a little, I thought that I needed a lot. Was overrated, but a lot was a little too complicated. See, zero didn't satisfy me, a million didn't make me happy. That's when I learned the lesson that it's all about your perceptions. Hey, are you a papa or a superstar? So you act, so you feel, so you are. It ain't about the size of your car, it's about the size of the faith in your heart. There's hope. It doesn't cost a thing to smile You don't have to pay to laugh You better thank God for that There's hope It doesn't cost a 
country of Brazil, I met a young brother that made me feel that, that I could accomplish anything. You see, just like me, he wanted to sing. He had no windows and no doors. He lived a simple life and was extremely poor. On top of all of that, he had no eyesight. But that didn't keep him from seeing the light. He said, us alike in the USA. And all I did was complain. He said, living here is paradise. He taught me paradise is in your mind. You know that there's hope. It doesn't cost a thing to smile. You don't have to pay to laugh. You better thank God for that. There's hope. It doesn't cost a thing to smile. You don't have to pay to laugh. You better thank God for that. There's hope. Every time I turn on the TV, there's hope. Somebody's acting crazy. There's hope. If you let it, it'll drive you crazy. There's hope. But I'm taking back my power today. There's hope. Gas prices, they just keep on rising. There's hope. Keep on life. We gotta keep on surviving. Keep living our truth and do the best we can do. Cause there's hope. It doesn't cost a thing to smile. You don't have to pay to laugh. You better thank God for that. Yeah, yeah, there's hope. It doesn't cost a thing to smile. You don't have to pay to laugh. You better thank God for that. was There's Hope from my 2006 release, Testimony Volume 1, Life and Relationship. Shout out to Anthony David, the singer Anthony David. He planted the seed for this song. He wrote the hook and then gave me the track and the hook and I put my story around it and gave me one of my favorite songs. And Anthony David and I met when I was 17 years old and I think he was about 22 or 23 and we were walking outside of underground Atlanta and we've been friends ever since and we started writing music together in the mid 90s <laughs> and uh we're actually even more like family at this point because we have years where we don't even really like each other <laughs> but we love each other and we're like family and that's real love that's, that's my friend I call him Tony and in fact sometimes I call him Tony my Tony because people will say Anthony David I'll be like you're talking about Tony my Tony so, yeah, and shout out to the producer of the song, Brandon Birch, and shout out again to Anthony David because he introduced me to Brandon Birch, and Brandon went on to produce a lot of my songs. So shout out to both of y'all. Love y'all. And so I wanted, to, I wanted to do this today because I love the word hope, and I also wanted to do this today because I know that so many of us are questioning spiritually, asking ourselves deep, deep questions. And that's my comfort zone. And I wanted to share with you some of the questions I've been asking myself and also to ask you if you could help me answer some of the questions I've been asking myself, reminding myself right now also that there will be no segments in this episode. So I'm going to just flow and keep talking. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because one of the things that I do on every podcast is a rundown of my albums, and I'm going to do that this time too, but for a different reason. I have eight albums, Acoustic Soul, 
Voyage to India, Testimony Volume 1, Life and Relationship, Testimony Volume 2, Love and Politics, Songversation, India RE and Joe Sample Christmas with Friends, Songversation, Medicine, and Worthy. And that rundown of my albums means something different in this episode than it ever has in any of the past podcasts. Because this is my life's work. And I've, in this last year, been asking myself if I made any significant contribution to humanity at all. Because I went into this music journey believing that we could change the world. And by we, I mean the generation that I came from, who was trained by the generation before us to believe that the world was on a slippery slope and that we needed all hands on deck to avert a disaster. And I believe that. And I believe that if we all committed whatever we were doing to the upliftment of humanity, that humanity would indeed be uplifted and the world would change and things would get better and we could avert this disaster. I mean, I started being trained in this way of thinking around maybe 17, 16, 17, 18 years old. So by the time I'm 25 and my first album comes out, I believe. And what I mean by trained is just being in cultural circles, um, black cultural circles, African-American and African cultural circles here in, in America and what the elders would say to us and how they believe we were the hope for the future. And, and I believed, we all did. And so we went about making our music and our art and our craft and our paintings and whatever we were doing with the belief that we could change the world. And me too. And that's why I sing the songs I sing because I was intentionally making a contribution to the upliftment of humanity because I believed. And around this time last year, I stood up out of meditation and I had an epiphany. Those of you who know me and those of you who listen to this podcast know I've been meditating regularly for the last 16 or 17 years. And I've had a dedicated prayer practice for about the last 20 years. And so around this time last year, February, March, 2019, I stood up out of prayer and meditation and I had an epiphany. Part of it was about my personal life and part of it was about my spiritual life. And what I saw about my spiritual life was that I was living in a world that looked much, much different than the one I had been praying and meditating for and about for 20 years. So on a personal level, my life looks much different than anything I ever expected, but that's for a different conversation. But on a spiritual level, the world that I've been praying for, I don't know that it came to fruition. And, and I realized it in that moment and it really hurt me. And this is going to sound like a tangent a little bit, but just stick with me for a second. This weekend, I came across a documentary called Sunseed that was about the counterculture movement in America, better known as the hippies. And I guess this movement happened from the early 60s to the early 70s, mostly white kids, and they were all disillusioned with what they were told the American dream was. I mean, in my adult life, I've met a few people who were black people who were part of this movement, but mostly white kids. And, you know, 
Black people were doing something different in the early 60s and the early 70s, generally speaking. But these white kids went to India in droves looking for enlightenment and awakening and healing. And they brought back a lot of those philosophies. And then the teachers from India followed back to America. And what we see now is the remnants of that culture still exist in our culture today. So people who are doing yoga, all the millions of people across America that do yoga, that came out of the hippie or the counterculture movement, as did things like the health food stores or co-op grocery stores, communes, certain community building type things. So there is a way that they did shake up the world. And that was the cultural impact. The political part where they wanted to change the world and change their parents and abolish all the racism and the sexism and the patriarchy and to see all people treated as equal and to have a world where people believed in the interconnectedness and the oneness of humanity. All that political stuff. They got the cultural part, but not the political part. And the same thing with the generation I come from. We made a cultural impact. I know I myself have made an impact with some of my songs, like I'm Not My Hair or Video made an impact. Um, Brown Skin, I think, made an impact. Even There's Hope was part of the first Obama campaign. And, you know, just being able to make a cultural impact. I'm not saying I did it myself. I'm saying this was my contribution to the whole. But the pain comes in to realize that politically, Things just continue to get worse and worse. Another thing that I learned from this documentary, Sunseed, is that my name actually came out of the counterculture movement. I was born in 1975, and my father had two friends who were um, white kids, identical twins, and they were devotees of Eastern philosophy and religion. And they came to him, my mother was pregnant with me, and they said, you should name her India. And the story goes that my father came home and said, I got it. And my mother rolled her eyes because apparently he had all these horrible suggestions for names. And he said, India. And she thought, yes, India. <sighs> I love that. And I didn't realize that my name came out of that era until I saw this documentary just the other day. And so when I was growing up, my mother used to say, you are totally a flower child. And I guess I was born into that energy, honestly. <laughs> Hmm. The last thing I want to say about this documentary, Sunseed, is a quote that came from one of the spiritual teachers that really has stuck with me. It was this very eccentric man that called himself Sufi Sam. And he went into the hospital and had a vision that it was his role to teach the hippies how to reach higher states of consciousness without drugs because hallucinogenics were a big part of the counterculture movement. And he made this statement in the movie that has stuck with me. And I think it's going to be with me for a long time. This is what he said. He said, we don't solve problems because the solutions interfere with our concepts. Take that in for a second. Take that in. We don't solve problems because the solutions interfere with our concepts. And I took that to mean, actually, I added some words to the end to really make it come to life for myself. 
We don't solve problems because the solutions interfere with our concepts of ourself. And for me, what that means is I'm asking all these questions. We ask all these questions about what's next in life and what we're supposed to do and how to get where we want to go. But sometimes we can't even hear the answer because it interferes with our concepts of ourself. And so I've been praying to be able to see the truth of who I am outside of who I thought I was or who I was told I was, or who I believe I am or who people tell me I am or who I am to other people, just to see who I am and to be able to find some answers to the questions I've been asking outside of my concepts of myself. And the reason why this matters so much is because I've been asking after 20 years of thinking we could change the world and now we're here and it's crazy as hell, scary as hell. I've been asking what I have to offer and did it mean anything? And was I wrong about that? And did I waste my time and were the sacrifices worth it? And I am getting some more clear answers when I think outside of my concept of myself. I'm still working through that, but this brought a lot of clarity and that's really what I want to talk about next. <laughs> Again, if I were doing this podcast in my regular format, I'd start a new segment, but I'm not going to. I'm going to just keep going. So I'm going to make a little bit of a hard turn right here because I've been asking myself what I have to offer during this coronavirus pandemic. Of course, I'm asking myself that because that's how I'm wired, how I was raised, how I was trained to believe that everything we do can be a social contribution. And that's been my choice my whole adult life. And so, of course, I'm asking what I have to offer. And then there's this interesting thing inside of me where I'm thinking maybe it's nothing because of my disappointment of giving everything that I had and watching a lot of other people give everything they had, too, and still being here where we are. And I've been, I mean, I've been asking myself this question for the last year and a half. And so the beauty that's coming out of this time is that all of the hard times brought me wisdom and the wisdom is now paying off. <laughs> and so I am seeing and understanding that life is complex. Human beings are complex. We are a complex, interconnected web, and there's so many things that we may never understand. And also, in that complexity, all things exist at once. The joy and the pain and the love and the fear. And like I said a moment ago, being able to have a positive emotional state in the face of imperfect circumstances. And I don't mean all positive all the time. I mean that there's a place inside of you that can go there. There's something my mother always says that is true. <laughs> she used to say that the older she got, the smarter her mother got, meaning her mother's been saying stuff to her all along and she wasn't hearing it, right? So my mother always says happiness is a choice. And in this podcast, I'm saying joy is a choice. I'm using the word joy because that's where I'm feeling it. I'm learning that joy is a choice. And so... I'm allowing myself to make that choice. And I am stepping outside of my concepts 
and realizing that it's almost laughable <laughs> that I had the same concepts from the age of 20 to today at 44. It's time for me to update my concepts, I suppose. <laughs> and when I think outside of the box of my concepts of myself, I go back to I go back to something and I move forward from something. I go back to believing that all any of us have to offer is what we have. And I am a creative person and a spiritual person. And so I will continue to offer that. What I'm moving forward into is realizing that it's probably time to offer it in different ways because the world is different and I'm different. And I've grown so much since I was 20. Of course, my offering must evolve. And while I am growing, it is giving me a new perspective on my past. And while the world looks much different than the one I was expecting, I still know that I did what was in alignment with my values and that I was consistent and sincere. And I'm fulfilled by that. I think the frustration for me for all these years has been that the music industry doesn't see me as marketable or see the type of message that I'm trying to propagate as marketable. And so I wouldn't get the type of shine that other artists got, but I still did it and I still reached millions. And so when I set my frustration aside and when I set my concept of myself aside, I know that I created a body of work that administers to the spirit. And although right now I don't feel like going live on my device to just sing those songs to everybody, I do still have a supply for the demand. <laughs> I've been building up a stockpile of... <laughs> I've been building up a stockpile of music to administer to the spirit for 20 years. And so it's all there for you. And while I may not have any sway politically, <laughs> what I know is that as a humanity, we are a domino effect. Physically, as with this virus, yes, but also emotionally and spiritually. And... And so my music is still out there. And having said that, I want to bring special attention to my album, Songversation Medicine. It was specifically created for healing. It's not an album for the party or for the club or for the weekend. It's for healing, for meditation, for prayer, for quiet time, for contemplation. The keys, the notes, the songs, the tempos were all sequenced for that purpose. And so maybe have a look into that just in your quiet moments when you want to feel calmed. And in fact, that is what I say in the liner notes. It is for calming. And so check it out. <laughs> Giggling again because I would start a new segment now. But I feel this is a perfect time for a closing affirmation. And so I say this affirmation for myself and for everyone listening. In these uncertain times. This is when we need hope the most. May you right now 
plant the tiniest seed of hope in your heart. And then, may you easily find what waters that seed. You know what waters your seed of hope. You know, for some of us it's music or movement or our children, prayer, meditation, reading, writing. We all have something that waters our seed of hope. And it is my prayer, my affirmation, that we all find that in these times. Because the truth is that the times when hope is most hard to find is when we need it the most. And what we learn about life as we mature is that life is not really actually about avoiding pain. The best we can do is ride the ups and downs of life with as much grace as we can. And so that is why it is my prayer that we can find hope, even while knowing that there will be ups and downs and joys and pains and heartbreaks and loves, because it's not wrong when everything is not all right. That's just life, life happening. And the beauty of that is the wisdom that comes from it all. And so it is my prayer that from all of this uncertainty and fear and pain would come wisdom that would inform a better way to be with one another as a humanity and with ourselves as individuals. And it is my hope that we can plant a seed of hope in our hearts and water it to become a beautiful flower that we can offer to the most vulnerable of us and that we can offer to each other when we are free to gather together again. (laughs) And like the song says, even at this time, It doesn't cost a thing to smile. You don't have to pay to laugh. And today, I thank God for that. Lastly, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for all of your kind words and my comments. Leave some comments below and let me know what you're thinking and what you're feeling. I will go live when I'm ready, when I'm able. But also, leave some comments below about any way else you feel I can support you at this time. I was thinking about making a Spotify playlist of healing songs for those of us who find healing in music. And, but what else y'all got? And I also want to ask for your support. (laughs) Just spread the word about whatever your favorite songs of mine are. To any of your friends or people around you, family members who didn't know my music before. Maybe now they'll be more interested in hearing it. (laughs) Interesting times we living in, y'all. Also, feel free to drop me some hearts, some comments, some thoughts, some DMs, whatever. Just keep this conversation going. Thank you for being here. Love to all soul birds worldwide. All my love and compassion to everyone. And as always, in signing off, I say, until next time, may you clearly hear the song in your heart. I like that.